In all organized religions, their founders, prophets, and messengers are declared to have gone into states of mind that were neither waking nor sleeping, in which they came face to face with a new series of facts relating to what is called the spiritual kingdom. They realize things there much more intensely than we realize facts around us in our waking state. Thus, a tremendous statement is made by all religions that the human mind at certain moments transcends not only the limitations of the senses but also the power of reasoning. It then comes face to face with facts which it could never have sensed, could never have reasoned out. These facts are the basis of all the religions of the world. Of course, we have the right to challenge these facts, to put them to the test of reason. Nevertheless, all the existing religions of the world claim for the human mind this peculiar power of transcending the limits of the senses and the limits of reason. And this power they put forward as a statement of fact. Apart from the consideration of the question how far these facts claimed by religions are true, we find one characteristic common to them all. They are all abstractions as contrasted with the concrete discoveries of physics, for instance. And in all the highly organized religions, they take the purest form of unit abstraction, either in the form of an abstracted presence, as an omnipresent being, as an abstract personality called God, as a moral law or in the form of an abstract essence underlying every existence. None of us have yet seen an ideal human being, and yet we are told to believe in it. None of us have yet seen an ideally perfect man, and yet without that ideal we cannot progress. Thus, this one fact stands out from all these different religions that there is an ideal unit abstraction which is put before us either in the form of a person or an impersonal being or a law or a presence or an essence. We are always struggling to raise ourselves up to that ideal. Every human being, whosoever and wheresoever he may be, has an ideal of infinite power. Every human being has an ideal of infinite pleasure. Most of the works that we find around us, the activities displayed everywhere, are due to the struggle for this infinite power or this infinite pleasure. But a few quickly discover that although they are struggling for infinite power, it is not through the senses that it can be reached. They find out very soon that that infinite pleasure is not to be got through the senses or in other words the senses are too limited and the body is too limited to express the infinite. To manifest the infinite through the finite is impossible and sooner or later man learns to give up the attempt to express the infinite through the finite. This giving up, this renunciation of the attempt is the background of ethics.
the vain ideas of individualism to which man clings when he is trying to find that infinite power or that infinite pleasure through the senses have to be given up say the laws of ethics you have to put yourself last and others before you the senses say myself first ethics says i must hold myself last thus all codes of ethics are based upon this renunciation destruction not construction of the individual on the material plane that infinite will never find expression upon the material plane nor is it possible or thinkable so man has to give up the plane of matter and rise to other spheres to seek a deeper expression of that infinite in this way the various ethical laws are being molded but all have that one central idea eternal self abnegation perfect self annihilation is the ideal of ethics people are startled if they are asked not to think of their individualities they seem so very much afraid of losing what they call their individuality at the same time the same men would declare the highest ideals of ethics to be right never for a moment thinking that the scope the goal the idea of all ethics is the destruction and not the building up of the individual without the supernatural sanction as it is called or the perception of the superconscious as i prefer to term it there can be no ethics without the struggle towards the infinite there can be no ideal the utilitarian wants us to give up the struggle after the infinite the reaching out for the supersensuous as impracticable and absurd and in the same breath asks us to take up ethics and do good to society why should we do good doing good is a secondary consideration ethics itself is not the end but the means to the end if happiness is the goal of mankind why should i not make myself happy and others unhappy what prevents me all the current social forms and methods are derived from society as it exists but what right has the utilitarian to assume that society is eternal society did not exist ages ago possibly will not exist ages hence most probably it is one of the passing stages through which we are going towards a higher evolution and any law that is derived from society alone cannot be eternal cannot cover the whole ground of man's nature at best therefore utilitarian theories can only work under present social conditions beyond that they have no value but a morality an ethical code derived from religion and spirituality has the whole of infinite man for its scope it takes up the individual but its relations are to the infinite and it takes up society also because society is nothing but numbers of these individuals grouped together and as it applies to the individual and his eternal relations it must necessarily apply to the whole of society in whatever condition it may be at any given time thus we see that there is always the necessity of spiritual religion for mankind man cannot always think of matter however pleasurable it may be
It has been said that too much attention to things spiritual disturbs our practical relations in this world. But if too much attention to the spiritual may affect a little our practical relations, too much attention to the so-called practical hurts us here and hereafter. It makes us materialistic, for man is not to regard nature as his goal, but something higher. It is good and very grand to conquer external nature, but grander still to conquer our internal nature. It is grand and good to know the laws that govern the stars and planets. It is infinitely grander and better to know the laws that govern the passions, the feelings, the will of mankind. This conquering of the inner man, understanding the secrets of the subtle workings that are within the human mind, and knowing its wonderful secrets, belong entirely to religion. Human nature, the ordinary human nature, I mean, wants to see big material facts. The ordinary man cannot understand anything that is subtle. Well, has it been said that the masses admire the lion that kills a thousand lambs, never for a moment thinking that it is death to the lambs, although a momentary triumph for the lion, because they find pleasure only in manifestations of physical strength. Thus it is with the ordinary run of mankind. They understand and find pleasure in everything that is external. But in every society, there is a section whose pleasures are not in the senses, but beyond, and who now and then catch glimpses of something higher than matter and struggle to reach it. And if we read the history of nations between the lines, we shall always find that the rise of a nation comes with an increase in the number of such men, and the fall begins when this pursuit after the infinite, however vain utilitarians may call it, has ceased. That is to say, the mainspring of the strength of every race lies in its spirituality, and the death of that race begins the day that spirituality wanes and materialism gains ground. Religion as a science, as a study, is the greatest and healthiest exercise that the human mind can have. This pursuit of the infinite, this struggle to grasp the infinite, this effort to get beyond the limitations of the senses, out of matter, as it were, and to evolve the spiritual man, this striving day and night to make the infinite one with our being, this struggle itself is the grandest and most glorious that men can make. Some persons find the greatest pleasure in eating. We have no right to say they should not. Others find the greatest pleasure in possessing certain things. We have no right to say that they should not. But they also have no right to say no to the man who finds his highest pleasure in spiritual thought. The lower the organization, the greater the pleasure in the senses. Very few men can eat a meal with the same gusto as a dog or a wolf, but all the pleasures of the dog or the wolf have gone, as it were, into the senses. The lower types of humanity in all nations find pleasure in the senses, while the cultured and the educated find it in thought, in philosophy, in arts and sciences, 
Spirituality is a still higher plane. The subject being infinite, that plane is the highest and the pleasure there is the highest for those who can appreciate it. So even on the utilitarian ground that man is to seek for pleasure, he should cultivate religious thought, for it is the highest pleasure that exists. Thus, religion as a study seems to me to be absolutely necessary. We can see it in its effects. It is the greatest motive power that moves the human mind. No other ideal can put into us the same mass of energy as the spiritual. So far as human history goes, it is obvious to all of us that this has been the case and that its powers are not dead. I do not deny that men on simply utilitarian grounds can be very good and moral. There have been many great men in this world perfectly sound, moral and good simply on utilitarian grounds. But the world movers, men who bring as it were a mass of magnetism into the world, whose spirit works in hundreds and in thousands, whose life ignites others with a spiritual fire, such men we always find have that spiritual background. Their motive power came from religion. Religion is the greatest motive power for realizing that infinite energy which is the birthright and nature of every man. In building up character, in making for everything that is good and great, in bringing peace to others and peace to one's own self, religion is the highest motive power and therefore ought to be studied from that standpoint. Religion must be studied on a broader basis than formerly. All narrow limited fighting ideas of religion have to go. All sect ideas and tribal or national ideas of religion must be given up. That each tribe or nation should have its own particular god and think that every other is wrong is a superstition that should belong to the past. All such ideas must be abandoned. As the human mind broadens, its spiritual steps broaden too. The time has already come when a man cannot record a thought without its reaching to all corners of the earth. By merely physical means, we have come into touch with the whole world. So the future religions of the world have to become as universal as wide. The religious ideals of the future must embrace all that exists in the world and is good and great and at the same time have infinite scope for future development. All that was good in the past must be preserved and the doors must be kept open for future additions to the already existing store. Religions must also be inclusive and not look down with contempt upon one another because their particular ideals of God are different. In my life, I have seen a great many spiritual men a great many sensible persons who did not believe in God at all, that is to say, not in our sense of the word. Perhaps they understood God better than we can ever do. The personal idea of God or the impersonal, the infinite, moral law or the ideal man, these all have to come under the definition of religion. And when religions have become thus broadened, their power for good will have increased a hundredfold. 
religions, having tremendous power in them, have often done more injury to the world than good, simply on account of their narrowness and limitations. Even at the present time, we find many sects and societies with almost the same ideas fighting each other because one does not want to set forth those ideas in precisely the same way as another. Therefore, religions will have to broaden. Religious ideas will have to become universal, vast and infinite. And then alone we shall have the fullest play of religion, for the power of religion has only just begun to manifest in the world. It is sometimes said that religions are dying out, that spiritual ideas are dying out of the world. To me, it seems that they have just begun to grow. The power of religions, broadened and purified, is going to penetrate every part of human life. So long as religion was in the hands of a chosen few, or of a body of priests, it was in temples, churches, books, dogmas, ceremonials, forms and rituals. But when we come to the real, spiritual, universal concept, then, and then alone, religion will become real and living. It will come into our very nature, live in our every moment, penetrate every pore of our society, and be infinitely more a power for good than it has ever been before. What is needed is a fellow feeling between the different types of religion, seeing that they all stand or fall together, a fellow feeling which springs from mutual esteem and mutual respect, and not the condescending, patronizing, niggardly expression of goodwill, unfortunately in vogue at the present time with many. And above all, this is needed between types of religious expression coming from the study of mental phenomena, unfortunately even now laying exclusive claim to the name of religion, and those expressions of religion whose heads, as it were, are penetrating more into the secrets of heaven, though their feet are clinging to earth, I mean the so-called materialistic sciences. To bring about this harmony, both will have to make concessions, sometimes very large, nay, more, sometimes painful, but each will find itself the better for the sacrifice and more advanced in truth. And in the end, the knowledge which is confined within the domain of time and space will meet and become one with that which is beyond them both, where the mind and senses cannot reach, the absolute, the infinite, the one without a second.